Hey everyone, my name is Chris Suchan. And I am Liz Borum. And together, we have over 40 years of experience as professional dancers and dance educators with our own unique perspectives on dance competitions. Every two weeks, we'll be bringing you debates on some of the most debatable topics from the competition dance industry. Both of us have worked in the dance competition industry as judges and directors and have witnessed firsthand these conversations about what is right and what is wrong among judging panels. Tune in bi-weekly as we line up experienced and... And and judgy. Yep, and judgy dance professionals to open up these deeper conversations. The Great Dance Debate is sponsored by Platinum National Dance Competition, but does not endorse the views and the opinions of our debaters. Hi, Liz. How are you doing today? Chris, what is up? I am just excited for another great dance debate. It's a beautiful day here, and um, I'm ready to talk dance. How about you? I'm ready to talk dance, too, and I'm really excited about our topic today. Today, we're going to be talking about one shoe on competition stages versus wearing two shoes on competition stages. This is probably the most polarizing debate on our list. Um, And I can't wait to get with our panel to hear their opinions about this topic. And I'm sure our listeners are going to be pretty excited to hear this as well. Yes. So representing the side of one shoe on stage is going to be Julie Champagne. Julie grew up in Chesapeake, Virginia, and is an alum of Denise Wall's Dance Energy in Virginia Beach. Her performance experience includes TV, film, voiceover work, as well as a dancer at Walt Disney World. Julie, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? <laughs> We're so great. We're so excited to see you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, Chris, listen, I'm debating the side of two shoes. No one shoe for dancer is Michael D. Weaver. Michael grew up in Buffalo, where he is now a clinical assistant professor of dance at the University of Buffalo. He has a prolific performing career, including national tours and regional productions, as well as choreographing for productions and studios across the country. Michael, how was it up there in Buffalo? Fantastic today, Liz. How are you down there in your neck of the woods? <laughs> yeah, wherever I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Things are great. <laughs> I panicked. I almost said Atlanta because you always fly through there. How are things in Irishville? I just live in an airplane. It's all good. Yeah, no need sure. to understand. Well, guys, listen, um, before we get started with our debate, our listeners, um, we love to get to know you a little bit better. So we've got some, you know, personality questions for you guys. Um, so brace yourselves. I'm going to get started with my first question. I'm going to give the first question over to Michael to answer first. Um, and our first question is, what podcast are you currently listening to these days, Michael? The Office Ladies podcast, almost, I mean, like as soon as it comes out, I think it comes out on Tuesdays, Mondays, anyway, every episode, but they just, um, like for the holidays, they always end up like repeating one and like you revisit it, but it's fine with me because I revisit every episode of The Office over and over and over again. So it's like going back to listen to two of my friends. Aw, what about you, Julie? Um, I've been kind of listening to this podcast called Clearly Clinical. I haven't um listened to it in a while, but it's mainly about like therapy, not dance related at all, but just kind no, of No, that's them. okay. But uh it's pretty interesting. Clearly Clinical. Wait, I just need a little bit more information. I'm sorry. What is it? <laughs> what <laughs> 
Let me look it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's we'll like, come I don't back remember. You. Yeah, we'll get back yeah. to that. No, I'm Google. always interested in these different podcasts and what people are listening. I've never heard of that one. Clearly clinical, so I'm interested. Office um, Ladies isn't dance related either, so you're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's shocking that as dancers, we don't listen to dance all the time. <laughs> we have what? other interests outside. Exactly. I'm like, my playlist is just songs that I use in class. My Spotify rap just came out and I was like, this is not music that I would choose to listen to under you just other circumstances. To ballet warm up music. <laughs> yes, it's like Beyonce warm up. Beyonce warm up. I'm the same way. I have like the same playlist and just kept adding on, but for like ten years, and it's all teaching and stuff. And I'll be in the car and play something. And it's like mommy and me cl- music, and someone's <laughs> writing with me. It's like, what are you listening to? <laughs> Baby Shark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I have a really important question that everyone wants to know. Julie, what is your Starbucks order? Ooh, um, well, right now being Christmas, it's the creme brulee, uh, uh, a grande, if you will. Oh, okay. but I usually get a grande hot white mocha or hot chocolate. I'm I'm that person. Ooh, a hot chocolate. Okay, Michael. Coffee forever. So regardless of the season, it's a grande iced coffee unsweetened with oat milk for me. Ooh. Nice. So specific. Even All right, you guys. Here in Buffalo. Yeah, I was going to say, just add a little snow to it and you're good. <laughs> Can I get a little snow with my coffee? All right, guys. Uh, next question. Um, and this, just answer however you want to answer your favorite style of dance. Yeah, everything. Contemporary, all day, every day. Love it. Um. I love to do musical theater. I love to teach jazz and I love to watch ballet and hip hop. Oh, yeah, so diverse. Nice. All the things. All right, guys, here's another one. What is your favorite all time dance movie? Michael, what you got? Center stage, without a doubt. It's the best. Cornrows, Fuentes, <laughs> and a little Mandy Moore. The fastest costume change in history. The yes. three best components of a good dance film. <laughs> <laughs> what about have, you, Julie? I'd have to say center stage as well, because <gasps> it's a young Zoe Saldana, and she mm-hmm. was like an actual dancer. I love that. Also, I remember watching that movie like every Friday. I just loved it. I just want to point out before we get into this bloody dance debate, you two agreed on your favorite dance movie. Okay. Yeah, that's because we <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so right now, if I were to open up your dance bag, what are three things that I would find in it? Julie. Jazz shoes, water, and bobby pins. Oh. Okay. Michael? I just like to point out that Julie said jazz shoes, implying that there were two of them. Okay. And okay, um, keep it civil. We're not there yet. <laughs> just kidding. Um uh, my dance bag has a bottle of water, um, band-aids, and a snack. Usually just some something rolling snack. around the bottom that might still be um, good, but maybe is from four years ago. Who knows? Oh, right. Because you came to the dig right. I, I'm kind of the same way, to be honest. I'm like, where's <laughs> this granola bar from? Oh, 96? Cool. Is it still good? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we jump into this wonderful debate, I just want to say once again that Platinum National Dance Competition does not endorse the views of our debaters today. But once again, we're super excited to hear what they have to say. Yeah, we're going to get started. Once again, we are debating um, one shoe or two shoes on competition stages. This is something that comes up a lot. 
Um, speaking to the side of um, one shoe being acceptable is Julie. Speaking on the side of one shoe being unacceptable will be Michael. And we're going to start our debate off with Julie. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys now. And Julie, if you want to kick things off. Sure. So I chose one shoe um, because I think it is something that people like really judge harshly when someone has one shoe, but I always go to the realm of when I see a dance that like, let's say there's like 10 people in it and one person just has one shoe. I always am left thinking from past experiences that like, okay, is this a safety thing? Like did this person tear their ACL or meniscus? Are they kind of working if everyone else just has two shoes or everyone else has two shoes and this one person just has one shoe, like, is there something behind that, that they need it in order to turn and do their choreography um, to the fullest effect? Um, I would say that, you know, sometimes with theme dances, like with a solo, if someone uses one shoe and they incorporate it with a theme, I can think that can be really cool. I don't think it should just be knocked just because they have one shoe. Like um, I used to do a solo with one shoe. It was actually high heels and I did one high heel and I, I, um, it was my favorite solo. So I kind of have a personal bias with it. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of my take to start us off. Oh yeah. And Julie, I, I agree with you. Um, just regarding like the injury aspect. Um, and I think that that's, it's really important to just before, you know, we talk about anything else, like regardless of what our opinions are, like health and safety of a dancer on stage is always going to be the most important thing. So, um, I think in a situation like what you're talking about, you know, I would never as a judge deduct points for someone having like a black knee brace on instead of a tan one or something like that, you know, whatever, whatever works well for them. So, so I'm with you on that. But, um, I think my, um, my main takeaway is that a lot of dancers are using one shoe as like a crutch, um, to help them turn and to know that, um, that is the only side that they're going to be turning on. Um, particularly with regard to solos, but oftentimes I'll see like a lyrical small group and these dancers have coordinated head to toe, beautiful headpieces, custom costumes, all of this stoning. And then they've all got one shoe on their left foot. And I'm like, I just feel like that sort of thing, you know, it takes away a little bit from the aesthetic of the whole overall look. And it also Mm -hmm. just, it leads me to kind of believe that, you know, they're only going, they're only capable of turning on that one side. So it's like a, it's like a dead giveaway for me in a lot of ways. So I see what you're saying, that it kind of like brings you out of it when they have this beautiful costume. And then you just see like one shoe, you're like, oh, okay. But on the other hand, with that, are we kind of focusing too much on the costume and the one shoe and not enough on the dance part? Um, that's where my head goes. Totally. And I, I see that, but I also think why it's just like, why give me a reason to suspect why Mm -hmm. give, you know, if you're going through, it would be just like, um, you know, when, when we talk a lot about, um, dancers at um, particular levels doing too many tricks, right. That they're maybe not Mm -hmm. quite technically ready to do. Don't show me what you can't do. Show me what you can do. So, you know, when someone does walk out, it does give me that, that moment to say like, before I even assess a single thing about your dancing, I've already got in my head and, you know, it's, it's a subjective performance. So I've already got in my head, 
Hmm. That's a little bit of a, a dead giveaway for me. It's it's so funny. I, you know, I was I had like right away to say I was like, you know, my big thing is that you don't find a lot of professional dance opportunities where, you know, dancers are in one shoe. Like, you know, for the most part, um, Savion Glover and syncopated ladies are dancing in two tap shoes. New York City Ballet are dancing in point shoes. The Rockettes are dancing in heels. But then you mm-hmm. said that once did a performance where you were wearing one heel. And so I'm so intrigued by that. And I'm interested to see. I am too. I want to hear more about that too. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I was 16 and um, I did a dance to the song sinking feeling by, I think I forget who she's the same lady who sings Rama, Lama, bang, bang. Uh, And um, I, it was like pumps, like glittery gold, high heels. And I was holding one and I had the other one on me and I like played with one in my hand and had to like shift. It was hard y'all, but I did it. And I had to like, <laughs> on the heel and like danced kind of, that was my core was the, the, the leg that I was like in the heel on. Um, it was tough, but I, I guess that's why I also have more respect for people in one shoe, though. I will say I haven't seen a lot of people do a dance with one heel, but it gets me back to um, them being like, okay, well, do they have an injury? I always go to that. Um, But yeah, no, I loved doing that solo with one shoe. So I think like kind of a little offbeat, I'm more attracted to that too. Um, So that's where I'm coming from. So it's almost like where you're, where you're talking about the aesthetic, Michael, and like it sets the ascend that the aesthetic's not made. You're maybe saying it's like not pleasing, but then to Julie's point, she's saying, no, it's actually the aesthetic that I'm interested in. Yeah. 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 I, I, go ahead. I can see though. I can see what you mean though. But I, I, as um, a dancer and a judge, I kind of like love that when it's different. Yeah. I sure. I think though, um, and I'm just gonna interject Michael um real quick to kind of keep this conversation for just a second before we kind of start to change it. Um your one shoe, I think, was like an artistic like choreography choice. Um, and I think the one shoe that we're kind of talking about is when the dancers pop in with like a footy on one side or a lyrical um shoe or jazz shoe on the one side. Um, and you'd mentioned injuries being one of the reasons why someone would need to wear one shoe, which is interesting. It's something I like never, I guess have had considered as well. Not that I'm bringing into this opinion, but, um, what are other reasons that dancers wear one shoe? Like, do you know, like, you know, from your opinion of, you know, the one shoe being acceptable outside of injury, like what other reason do studios only allow or only wear one shoe? What are the reasons behind that? Um, I guess what Michael was saying with like being able to turn more or like the floors too sticky or whatnot, or they need a shoe, I guess I don't, um, really see like I see what he's saying, but I, that doesn't um, bother me um, as a yeah. judge or performer. I focus more on, um, I guess I'm more engrossed in the dancing that half the time I don't notice, but. I <laughs> Julie, I feel like that's where you and I differ the most is like, it is the, it is the first thing that I see. And, you know, taking my own bias out of it, you know, once that happens, I generally will say it on the, you know, if I'm judging, I say it on the headset or on the, on the mic and I say, Hey, you know, like 
one shoe is probably not like the, the greatest look. And then I'm always able to, you know, move past and I'm not harping on that for, for a long period of time, but I'll say just, you know, to the point of injury specifically, you know, I did mention at the very beginning, I, you know, I'm super, I'm super all about being there for the the health and the safety of the dancer. And if it's something like, you know, there's, they, they have a really bad Marley burn or a cut or something like that. And they need that other foot on the ground to grip. And it's, it's, it's something small, like a cut or an abrasion or whatever, something like that. But my thought is if a dancer is, you know, their, their knee, their ligament, their ankle, whatever is so unstable that they, they should not be, you know, pivoting or turning without a shoe on. That's when I'm like, we got to pull that dancer or we've got to re-choreograph that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's a moment where the dance teacher just kind of has to say, you know, let's, Mm -hmm. let's think twice about letting this dancer on the stage until they're actually in a place where they can you know, they can actually move. That's, you know, that's my go-to. I'm probably a little bit more cautious than most. And I do know and want to respect like that a reblock doesn't just happen. And that's a lot of effort, but, you know, mm-hmm. just to say that, like, you know, it, we, we've learned so much, like through this pandemic too, like if you're sick, stay home. If you're injured, don't go on the stage. That, that's pretty much what I think about the, the kind of injury idea for the most part. Yeah, that's true. Like, where's the line? Yeah. Like, you know, um, definitely keeping them, uh, safe is the first priority, but also with like tears, my dance teacher always used to say like, you know, breaks are better than tears because tears just like take so long to heal and the dancers out forever. Even they've done PT, they've done all the things they've come back to class and worked so hard and they want to perform. And it's just kind of like that extra give with the one shoe, um, is where I think where it's like years after the injury happened, like, we have to keep them out of dance, but I totally see where, what you're saying. Like, yeah, no safety is the the first thing. I also just want to mention to um, that there are like social media influences um, out there that are excellent turners um, in the, in the dance community and kind of have a large following from these younger dancers are like, how much of this do you think they're getting? Like, as far as that being like the new aesthetic, like, is it a trending thing? Like, is this something that's like up and coming? Is this why it's happening more and more? Um, that, and then also my second caveat to that is that a lot of dance team dancers, um, one shoe is the norm. It's like the culture, like most of those dancers, because of the, um, amount of syncopated turns that they're doing and the gym floors and kind of the opposition of that, you're seeing more and more of that. So how do we feel about this being more of like a look that is trending versus something that is necessary? Um, and I'll open that to either one of you guys who want to speak to that. Yeah, that's if you don't mind, Julie, I'll, I'll just jump on that. I, you know, I, I think that a, a huge percentage of this is that we embrace some really weird trends in the dance world. I mean, like for so long, like I remember being a kid and like always rolling up one pant leg. And like, that was just like what we did. There was no, like, there was no rhyme or reason to it. We'd like roll up one pant leg and that's how we took class. Right. So I do think a lot of it is trends, right? Like it, it's it's trendy to look a little, you know, like the person that you're trying to trying to demo. And I also, you know, I do agree that like it is certainly easier to turn with a shoe on. But I also think that it's it's probably, you know, if we're if we're talking about dance as 
an art form versus a sport. And we're talking about aesthetics and we're talking about line and we're talking about how, um, how much work goes into, you know, I see what those parents are paying for costumes and things like that. And then to have the look all together be a little unfinished, that's something that, you know, I'm a little dicey about. So it seems to me like two shoes or no shoes, right? Like where are the teachers asking their dancers to learn to turn barefoot? Because ultimately, if you're working in a professional company, if you're working in something like that, you'll oftentimes be asked to work barefoot. You don't have the say, you don't have the choice to, to just throw on a shoe because, you know, it's your solo moment where you get to, you know, do those multiple pirouettes or that a la Saccone turn sequence. Um, so I think it, it ultimately goes back to the studio and where the training is and whether or not the, um, the dancers are modeling their preferences and their style and their techniques after teachers who have like their best interests at heart versus the Instagram influencer who does 37 turns with one shoe. Well, I think, you know, the industry is just full of trends. Like now we can take class and, you know, with COVID, like we can take class from across the country and it's online and um, things are different now. So just kind of rolling with the trends. Um, it'll be different. We're probably wearing, I don't know, four shoes at some point. <laughs> <laughs> But like, you know, things are just going to keep getting different. So I'm in favor of just rolling with the punches. Um, I'm curious. Um, and I probably know what your answers are going to be for this. But do you feel like there's a a difference or, or does your opinion differ at all between a soloist wearing one shoe and a group routine wearing one shoe? Like, do you have a strong opinion or is it just across the board for both of you on both sides? Or do you have any wiggle room when it comes to that? So... I'll just say that I act, I actually, I don't like either. Um, just as like, and again, this is general, right? If someone comes out and really wows me, yeah. I don't like as much, but I actually feel like a group of, like Liz, this dance team thing that you're talking about. I just, I cannot imagine paying for a set of, a pair of shoes and not using one of them. Like, give me a refund. Give me half my money back if I'm never going to use that shoe, Right. Um, I just think it's so bizarre to me that a group of, first of all, it, it looks crazy and to coordinate. And I, I just imagine that like parent group text, like, yeah, we're only wearing the left foot. It just seems insane to me. But aside from that, um, the idea that those dancers are never turning in the opposite direction throughout the whole dance is also crazy to me. And that dates back, you know, that's back to the studio training that they're receiving. And it's like, okay, are you really just like, if you've got a, a small group or a, you know, a large group of 14 dancers and they're all always going to turn right. Isn't that the dance teacher's job to throw a left pirouette in there to challenge them? So I don't know, I guess I just don't, I have almost like less patience for it when it's a group because so much thought has to go into it. If a soloist is just like, ah, I'm off my leg today, I'm going to throw on one shoe. That to me is like slightly more forgivable than like the actual planning of guys. It's all lefty today. Well, with that, you know, when it comes to different stages in different settings, you know, we rehearse in our studio and we're used to that. What if you get to this different stage and super slippery, you need one shoe to turn or super sticky, one shoe to turn one shoe. And that you genuinely feel like that makes you a better dancer. Is that so bad? True. Yeah. I mean, uh, and again, you know, I, to say for me, I, I can never be like in the brain of another dancer. So, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, insert that opinion on someone but why not two shoes then? 
think I think this is a question that I'm asking like to the world at large. Like, why not throw on that second shoe as well? Well, I think to Julie's point, what she's trying to say is the the one the barefoot and then the one shoe, one shoe to help turn it and one shoe to have more grounded into the floor, right? Or or to deal with the different conditions of the stage, I guess. Yeah. Yes. For yeah, I, I, I totally, yeah, I totally see that. I just, you know, the beauty of what we do, particularly with competitive dance is that, you know, you're exposing these dancers to all kinds of different environments. They're taking convention class on a ballroom carpet. And then sometimes there's some panels of slippery, slick wood. And then sometimes there's Marley and sometimes there's a wood stage. So, you know, I think particularly, you know, preparing dancers for the world, um, the professional world of auditions and, um, you know, and, and, and touring and things like that. Um, it's, it's a good thing to get used to and, and to like, if you don't have the option of taking off a shoe or, you know, changing what you're actually wearing on your feet, like get, getting them into that world of like, okay, so like this floor is really, really slick. I'm not going to use so much force on my shiny turns. I'm not going to use so much force to prep into that pirouette. So I think that, you know, again, this all comes down to training our dancers to, to adapt to those, to those types of things. Okay. I hear you on that. Or will it make a dancer more dynamic to a, yeah, be trained in two shoes? Okay. And then also have one shoe and try the other foot. I mean, really using different muscles. So kind of working more on being adaptable with your technique for different settings with your footwear. Yeah, that's a good point. I want a teacher to like say, okay, we're reversing the whole dance today and send that dancer out on stage with that opposite foot and be like, adapt, make it happen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, and it's so funny. I mean, ultimately, like we know that the majority of the dancers in these competitions are kids, right? And they're not, if left to their own devices, they're going to have a dinner of Sour Patch Kids and then, you know, and throw on whatever shoe and and they're going to, they're going to make their own choice. Right. So I, I just feel like it's, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to throw all teachers under the bus because I've also been backstage at a dance competition. And my God, if every t- teacher had to sit there and look at every kid's feet before they went out on stage, th- you know, that's a more patient teacher than I could ever dream of being. Um, but yeah, I, I think that just my, my perception of this, you know, in addition to the aesthetic thing and it just looking a little bit crazy in my head is, is the training and is what, what type of training those dancers are receiving. And I, I really do. I just, I, for a long time there, you know, when I, I started judging in the, uh, early 2010s and it was really, really trendy. This is the days of sock buns and one shoe. And it was like very much like that was the trend. And I've noticed that the, the, um, the majority of the top studios now have kind of gone away from this one shoe thing. They're like, you know what we, the, the dancers who are, are getting a really strong level of training. Um, I think the teachers have kind of caught up with this idea that like, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to not do that anymore. We want to make sure everyone's really, really versatile. Um, so I, I'm noticing that it's like still a lot of the dancers that have some room to grow technically and the studios that maybe are a little bit newer, a little bit younger, a little less experienced. They're the ones who are kind of still holding on to this trend because it's a crutch for them. And I would just mm-hmm. say to those studios, I would kind of encourage them to like, okay, let's reevaluate like, rather than having our dancers rely on this as a tool or as a crutch, 
how can we mm-hmm. find a way to combat the problem um, in the studio, in a technical setting, and and really, you know, make make the dancers um, as well-rounded as they possibly can be. And then you know what? You're right. If the stage is crazy sticky and they need that shoe and they've exhausted all their other options, by all means, spin away in that little that little pirouette strappy on the back. Just make sure the little strappy doesn't flap off because then I'm going to be really mad. I got to say, when you said pull up the pant leg, I I just have to tell you, I've done it so many times and I, those <laughs> were the days. And I like the sweatpants that were cut at the knees and you rolled yeah. up them. And then you oh, layered yeah. them, you layered them like over another pant. I don't know yeah. how old you are, Julie, but I have a feeling we're we're sort of around the same age if we if we both know those trends. So well, guys, listen, you guys have brought up some really great points to both of your sides, but it is time for our closing arguments. We are gonna give each of you guys 20 seconds. Um, I will count you in and also give you a strong, cool, noise-making buzzer that comes from my own mouth and a little bit of an X on the Zoom screen that no one else can see but you guys um, when you're done with that 20 seconds. So fill it with everything that you want to say to get our listeners to understand your side and kind of wrap up um, everything that you wanted to say to our listeners today. We are going to start with Michael, and I'm going to say three, two, one, start, and we will begin. Are you guys ready? Oh, I know you are. All right. Three, two, one, start. I think that um, two shoes or no shoes, but not one shoe, because I think that we want to be sure that we're not relying on a shoe as a tool that creates technique. We want to build the technique to dance without relying on a shoe as a crutch. Also, you look crazy if you have one shoe on. And that's, I think, Ah! I think that's you, you, if you would have stopped, you would have had three seconds to spare. That's a record on this podcast, but you kept going. <laughs> so I still got to. I ask. like the argument that it is crazy. <laughs> Very official. All right, Julie, you're next. Here we go. Three, two, one, start. Hey, I am in favor of one shoe. Why not? Let's roll with the trends. Let's roll with the punches. Also, we don't know what kind of settings we're going to be on. Let the dancer be free and work with different floors, whether it's sticky or slippery. Um, I say, why not? Also with safety and like uh, someone has had an injury. (laughs) I know it's my favorite part of this podcast. (laughs) Let it be known. (laughs) <laughs> well done you guys i think you both did a great job expressing your point of views your sides i know probably people listening in their cars wherever they are are <laughs> yes aggressively driving just because <laughs> of this podcast right now um but no thank you so much for your time i think it was a, a really great discussion so thank you guys yeah we look forward to seeing you guys soon have a great day bye <laughs> bye chris liz that debate, uh, we were pretty excited for that one. I was pretty excited because I know everyone in this world has an opinion on this one. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's like, uh, I can't wait to hear what they have to say. We all have an opinion about this one. Yeah. And it's it's like, um, you know, it is very like if one's it's like very. That's why I brought up the subject about being trendy. It's like there are certain studios that is the culture of their studio and that's what they that that's what they do and they they obviously have their opinion about it too. So it's really cool to hear um what judges and like the actual people who are like looking at these dances, looking at dances from across the country have to say about it as well. Um, you know, whether it's it's good or bad, it's all subjective as most of these topics are. But Yeah, I and some- I thought it was 
I thought it was interesting too. It was kind of the argument of aesthetics versus functionality, right? It was kind of like what looks good versus what's better for the dancer themselves. Yeah. And the injury point was a new one. I know I mentioned that like within the podcast as well, like that I get, you know, I don't know if many people also think about that, but that's another perspective to it as well. So just some really cool perspectives and like really cool things happening yeah. there. But I'm, you know, I get really excited to share with you <laughs> these results from our Instagram poll. Absolutely, I know. So I'm going to go first this time because this is great. All right. So we polled our Instagram with all of our um, season one podcast, great debate topics to see what they had to say about all of these. And for this particular one shoe on stage, is it okay for competition? 24% said yes. And 76% said no. Okay. Um, that's a bigger, I honestly am surprised by that, but that's great. <laughs> I'm also not necessarily surprised because your polling is going to always gear younger, right? Are you ready for mine? I am ready for I yours. Hold professionals in in the industry. It's a much different number, Liz. Ninety six percent think that uh, you should not wear one shoe on stage. Only four percent think it's okay to wear one shoe on stage. So a little bit of a different aesthetic wow. feeling. Yes, I know, right? That's crazy. <laughs> that it's that. Liz, were you? Did your mind change at all? You got opened up a little bit. You had some new ideas coming yeah, your new way. Ideas, you know, yeah. you know, I, some very interesting things um, were yeah. brought up, and yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was we did fun. it again, Chris. Another great <laughs> dance debate. Another one in the books. I think another, that we another one of the yeah, books. Another one of the books. Well, I can't wait to um, find out what we're going to debate next. Um, so make sure if you guys have any comments for us, or if you have any suggestions for um, debates to come in the future, make sure you let us know. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. You'll get some new episodes every couple of weeks. Yeah. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at Dance Platinum Co. Um, and keep subscribing. Keep listening. Yeah. In, guys. Well, Liz, until next time, have a good one. And I'll, I can't wait to hear what debates next. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.